Welcome to the Leading Female Insider Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca. We are currently experiencing an economic downturn, which is why so many millions of people have lost work recently or seen their incomes cut. The reality is that job prospects are scarce. There are a lot of job openings that are either on hold or disappeared, but this doesn't mean that there aren't jobs out there. There are still companies and industries that are hiring. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how to brand yourself in six steps to find a job during a recession. My guest, Marilee Ponsique, is a personal branding expert. She is the founder of MPK Associates, a human resources consultancy she launched after an extensive career in HR in New York with companies such as American Express, Benetton, Canon, and JP Morgan. She consults for both companies and individuals, and she also wrote a book called Powering Up Your Inner Brand defining the authentic you for job and career. We also talked about how she turned her career into a consulting business, providing with insights on how to get started in consulting. Hello, Rebecca. How are you doing? Welcome to our show today. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure. So as you know, many, many, many people out of jobs these days or furloughed. So, so I thought it, it would be a good idea to talk about how you brand yourself and how can you get hired during a recession. Uh, so you are an expert in personal branding and wrote a book called Powering Up Your Inner Brand, Defining the Authentic You for Job and Career. So what That's- would your advice be on personal branding? So um, I guess it's kind of standard, but certainly during a crisis, even more important. And the first thing I tell people is know yourself, know what you're good at, know what your passion is. And if you think, well, I don't really know what my strengths are, a good way to find out is to talk to others, talk to people you've worked with, talk to friends, even family members, take a look at your old performance appraisals and see what they said were your best attributes and think that through. Look at emails where people might have recommended you or said something nice about something you did. That would give you a good idea at what your strengths are. So first step of the six steps we are going to talk about in personal branding is really start out with knowing yourself. That's right. Um, And then from there, Um, differentiate yourself. How are you different? You are unique. You have a skill set, knowledge, experiences that make you unique. So how are you different from others? It's important to look at that and show that difference so you can set yourself apart from, say, other applicants for a job. Are there any ways you would recommend doing that? Um, Well, certainly you could talk about new projects, processes, new things that you've done recently. Uh, Maybe you've acquired some knowledge that you'd like to share. This is a way to show how you might have solved a problem that existed, but no one else had solved it before. And what do you recommend uh, from there? So first, know yourself. Second, differentiate yourself. Uh, what are the other steps you're recommending? So the third is kind of one of my favorites, learn something new. And why? Because right now there are so many opportunities. So many universities are putting courses online that they've never offered before. 
So it's a wonderful time to learn a new skill, learn a new way to do things. Really, uh, you know, it's wide open and it's a way to improve your skill set, make use of your time, and also feel good about these new things that you're learning. So I recommend that. Learn something new. Um, from there, I recommend creating content. And why? Because nowadays content is king. People are sharing content all over the place, not just LinkedIn, but in other places on the web. So you can write a blog. You can actually set up an account at medium.com and start writing articles. You can make a comment at LinkedIn or join a group of people on LinkedIn, maybe a trade association, maybe an alumni group of a former employer and uh, comment on different things you see. Or if you yourself see an article that you think is interesting, then you share that at LinkedIn. That's one more way to get your name in front of people and be associated with some new thought or idea. So how can you stand out? Um, would you recommend to, to do all of, all of the above, all of these? Or how can yeah. you stand out? Should you focus on, 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 on one channel? Would you focus on LinkedIn or any other channel? What would your recommendation be? Of course, um, LinkedIn is kind of uh, the standard nowadays. So I would take a look at my LinkedIn profile, make sure my headline reflects what I'm really about. Now, one of the things about LinkedIn, and of course there are specialized seminars just for LinkedIn, even LinkedIn offers them. But one of the things they say is to make sure that <clears throat> your headline reflects what you truly are or what you want to do. And so if you have an old headline from three jobs ago, that's not going to cut it now because maybe that's not what you're doing now. That's not who you are right now. <clears throat> so you want to reflect what you are in the about section, write about some of these new skills or projects that you've accomplished. Very important to let people know what's going on with you. Many people, they set up LinkedIn and then they forget about it, but it's kind of an ongoing dynamic living thing. And so important to champion your brand by getting that message out there and showing people what you're all about. It's not really boasting as much as just telling the reality of who you are. I know sometimes uh, people, especially women, have a hard time with that, but it's just expressing, this is what I'm doing right now. Uh, so there's nothing uh, bragging about that. You're reflecting the reality. Um, another thing is, uh, and I, this is one I'm very strong on, and that is pay it forward. So I really believe in trying to help others as much as you can. And whether that's through volunteering, or whether that's helping a friend who might be out of work or giving a recommendation to a former colleague, it's very important to pay it forward. And the other thing about paying it forward is that it makes you feel like you have something to offer others. And so it makes you feel good about yourself, which adds to your self-confidence, which adds to promoting your brand. So uh, the two kind of work together, you could say. So can you say some more examples of how to pay it forward? Um, well, you, uh, for example, if you know someone is looking for a job in a company that you might have a connection to, you could reach out to that connection and introduce your friend to that company. 
for example, if you, your friend says they want to go to the Jones company and you notice that you are a second level connection to the recruiter at the Jones company, you could try to connect with that recruiter and then once connected, perhaps introduce your friend to them. And that's okay, taking it maybe a little further than you might have done in the past, but I think the recruiter would be happy to have another candidate. Your friend certainly will be happy to have an introduction. I'm sure your friend would be happy to help you out in some way going forward. So again, it works for all concerned. So you would say know yourself is important. Differentiate Absolutely. yourself as a second step and then learn something new. Uh, there are a lot of, lot of uh, platforms these days to, to do that and many of these are, are free uh, that you can also display on LinkedIn. And then create content, uh, pay it forward. And how about championing your brand? Well, championing your brand is through all those things like making comments at LinkedIn by letting people know what you're about. Of course, we always talk about the elevator pitch, uh, but this is just a short um, paragraph, maybe just one or two sentences to point up what you're all about. And you use that in your about section on LinkedIn. You use that when you meet people, even in virtual networking groups, you end up introducing yourself. So you have to tell something about yourself, be ready to explain what that is and what you're good at because they want to know. And do you have any tips on how can people tell their story? Yes, yes. Stories are so important now. I, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, fiction. <laughs> so I love a good story and I'm sure everyone does. But also a story is a way to point out something or to highlight an accomplishment that you have. So some of the things about the story you have to remember is it should be a clear message, narrow in scope. The story shouldn't be too broad. It shouldn't have too long of an introduction or you'll lose people. They're not going to pay attention. Um, embrace conflict. What do I mean by that? Well, usually when you're telling a story, uh, there I was on the subway platform when, and then, you know, you say something that happened. Maybe someone ran up to try to grab your purse or some strange thing. So that it, it creates a dynamism in that story. And then you go on to say how you resolved that issue, whether you uh, walked away or you jumped on the train and the doors closed. But that at least gives the person, okay, there was something happening and then the person solved it. Um, and make sure it comes from you. It should come from your personal experience. We all have stories. Uh, one way to really uh, get yourself going on that is think back to when you did have some kind of a situation and how you resolved it. You can even write it down for yourself so you have it clearly in your mind. And finally, engage your audience. So that means when you're telling the story, uh, eye contact, gestures, tone of voice, create that excitement, but also deliver the sort of end of the story, uh, bring it to a close so that people know that it's complete. So that to me is my recommendations on telling a story. That sounds very good. And it's a very good segue also um, to, to, to interviews because you're mentioning the eye contact as well. And in, in today's uh, reality really is about uh, that the person in-person interviews are now virtual interviews. 
so yeah. how can people best prepare for such an event? Well, preparing for an interview is the same, whether it's in person or virtual. You want to research the company. You want to have a list of what your accomplishments are that match what they're looking for in the job. And you can write those for yourself. Not that you would read them, but by writing them, it crystallizes it in your mind. So you have that ready. Look for clues from the interviewer. In other words, maybe things that you can tell the interviewer might be sensitive to or might be looking for and try to alter what you're saying according to what you think their needs might be. I often tell people it's not so much about you as what they might need. And so, yes, you may have done all these things, but maybe what they want for the company is one specific thing. Make sure to point that out that you've done that specific thing. That's a very important thing. Now, in terms of the video section, of course, you want to look appropriate on screen, <clears throat> which means professional attire, uh, a quiet place without distractions or background noises. Um, all of those things are very important in order to keep the focus going. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't look away from the screen. Focus on that interviewer because that's the most important thing at that moment. So while people are out of jobs and searching for jobs, what alternatives people could have while, while searching for mm -hmm. a for full-time position? How would you go about it? So um, there are a lot of ways now to do other kinds of things. Uh, there are many websites that uh, give you, so for example, UpworkRemoteJobs.com, Virtual Vocations. These are all places to be looking for, also FlexJobs.com. These are places that look for people, whether on a contract basis or to work remotely. They may be just projects. They may be part-time uh, the other thing is to let recruiters know that you'd be interested in that kind of opportunity. You may want to put something at your LinkedIn profile as well to reflect that reality. Uh, so get the word out there and certainly let your colleagues, friends, and contacts at LinkedIn know about your desire to work in that direction. Very important to get the word out. So it can be quite difficult to find a job. So what advice do you have in terms of mentally handling the struggles of job search? It's not easy. A lot more people are getting depressed. They're frustrated. So it's important to keep your spirits up. So for example, if listening to the news every day is bothering you, maybe listen to something else. Um, also try meditation. And there are many ways online you can find to meditate. Keep up your exercise regimen. Maybe you can't go to a gym, but you can do bicycling, you can do swimming, you can do walking, you can do yoga at home. Um, I'm a big fan of Yoga Zone. <laughs> so it's a good way to keep up the practice, even from your home. Very important to keep that. And of course, eating right, trying to eat uh, fresh foods, uh, means more of us are cooking at home maybe, not so much takeout or going to restaurants but you may want to try one of those uh, meal services where they send the ingredients to your home and then give you instructions on how to cook it. It's a nice way to try something different and alter your routine. It's very important to stay healthy. Uh, staying healthy will contribute to a better mindset. Uh, switching gears uh, a little bit. Uh, so how did you um, get into consulting? 
you had a career in New York, you, yeah. uh, you yeah. worked in corporate there. How did you make that switch? So I've had over 35 years of human resources experience on the corporate side with many renowned corporations. And um, at the time I was living in Florida, I had been working at a job and then there was a layoff. And I was quite taken aback by this. But as it turns out, a former company reached out to me. I was commiserating with a former colleague and he was moving to a new location for that company. He said, you know, we really need some help in human resources. Your HR manager is gone and you know everything. Could you help us out? And I said, sure. And from there started my consulting career almost by accident. But uh, it turns out they knew very well what I could do for them and were very happy to have me help them out. And for me, it worked out quite well because I worked for them for several months before I found a new corporate position. And uh, pretty much uh, most of uh, the contract assignments have come through word of mouth, occasionally maybe something online. Uh, but all in all, I have to say, it's uh, quite nice to be able to do that. Um, there are ways nowadays to get the word out there, and some people might be more aggressive about it. In my case, that's just the way it happened. I see. So you, you practically had people coming to you and asking for help, which is amazing. And how did you do that in terms of what personal qualities do you think you, you possess that allowed you to do that? I think what happens is when you're in the workplace, you're doing your job 100, 150% maybe, and you make, uh, let's say your colleagues, you have good relationships with them and they trust you. And that rapport doesn't go away when you leave the company. In fact, it continues, you keep in touch with them. And so their trust in you is one of the main ingredients of their desire to get you to help them with a project. Uh, now, in the other case, it might be word of mouth where someone has heard about you from someone else. Uh, I had a recruiter who, he already knew me, but someone else said, you know, you really ought to talk to Mary Lou because he had an assignment with um, a car, an air cargo firm actually in Miami. And he reached out to me and he said, I know you know Spanish. Do you think you could go in and talk to this firm? I said, sure, let me see what I can do. And of course, everything went very well. And I was able to have a consulting assignment with them for quite some time. And you mentioned that uh, trust is very important and you deliver at work. So what your advice would be on building trust? How can you build trust? I think it's the same in, in any relationship, whether it's at work or at home. Trust is something that you earn. And how do you earn it? Well, you earn it by being who you say you are by delivering what you say you're going to deliver, uh, by being a repository of information and experience that they can turn to and feel that they're getting uh, the guidance that they need. And that also works when I do the career coaching for an individual. So I might be assigned to help someone through one of the firms I do work for. This person doesn't know me. I have to immediately get to know them and inspire trust by showing them I have their best interest at heart. And if I do that, they will see that I'm wanting to help them. I have knowledge and experience that can help them. And so they will start to trust that I indeed can help them be successful. 
And how do you cultivate ships that you build? I think it just uh, comes um, through uh, talking to the person and uh, exchanging. Uh, well, first of all, when it's a consulting assignment, let's say for career coaching, I have to get to know what the person's background is, what industry, what's the market for their kind of job. So I have to do some research, certainly. And then discuss it with the person. And it's kind of uh, goes both ways in that they have to share their background with me. And I have to guide them as to best uh, show their skills and their abilities to the market, whether it's through their resume or their LinkedIn profile or things like that. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit about uh, what you're consulting already, but uh, tell me a little bit about the type of consultancy you're doing and what are the industries uh, you're most experienced in? So um, I've worked in a variety of industries. I've worked in financial services, hospitality, healthcare services, manufacturing, high technology, really a wide range. And so I'm able to help different companies from those industries and other industries. I'm one that if it's an industry I'm not familiar with, I'm going to do everything I can to get familiar, to get the knowledge that's needed. What's the dynamics of that industry? Who are their suppliers? Who are their customers? I'm working right now with a firm in the food brokerage. And so I'm going to be training the sales personnel and I have to understand what are their needs? What are the kinds of things that are going to be important to them? I've uh, done training in a, a dairy uh, firm who wanted to improve the management skills of their supervisors and managers. I've uh, done some training in a shipbuilding company, which these are hard hat people who are in supervisory positions, but may need to add some skills to their uh, abilities to help the company. So it really will depend uh, on what is needed by the particular company. I may work with a small to mid-sized company that's having problems with their employee relations area. There I might have to go in and do an investigation to get to the bottom of what might be troubling their employees and how to make that work for the company. So uh, you never know where it might be coming from. And of course there's the career coaching for people who've lost their jobs, or also for expatriates who've been moved to the United States and may need some cultural training or may need to restart their career in the U.S. All those things. What do people uh, struggle with the most? Um, I could say certainly on the career coaching side, people struggle with their own self-confidence. And, and that might be in a younger person who's a little unsure about what their strengths are, or it might be an older person who hasn't had to look for a job in 20 years and now has to face a market that might think they're overqualified or too old. And so I have to help them kind of rebuild and set up their confidence, develop it, understand what their skills are and how that can help the market. And what you're, you, you mentioned uh, self-confidence that could be an issue uh, for people is, is what you see that uh, a lot of them are struggling with. So what's your advice on how can you build confidence, self-confidence? Self-confidence is a very hard thing. I think one way to do it is actually have a list and you might, and there are lots of um, 
let's say assessments out there, things you can find easily online, but basically a list of things that you've accomplished. Another thing would be to talk with someone who knows you well, and that could be a colleague, a former boss, it could even be your partner, and talk about, have them tell you why they thought you were good at a particular thing. And really let that resonate within you. Accept the fact that you really did a good job at that. And that's not something that just anyone can do. And try to fill yourself with the thought that I really am good at this. And try to let that permeate how you feel about yourself. You might want to give yourself a pep talk, of course, uh, before you're going on an interview. Very much a good thing to do. Um, you can also listen to inspirational music or maybe music that gets your, uh, you know, pumped up. So everyone has a different way of getting that uh, together before they're going to be speaking or doing an interview. But you have to find that for yourself. And that goes back to knowing yourself and knowing what makes you feel good about yourself. You mentioned also interviews. Would you then recommend uh, for people to to um, to practice prior, or how would you? How many times, or what's your advice there? Yes, I agree. You should practice. You know, get your friends, get your partner, get your cousin, whoever, um, and get them. Even give them a list of questions that they can ask you and let you answer them. It's very important because. They say it takes about five interviews before you're going to have the interview that gets you the job. Why is that? Because you need to get comfortable in talking about yourself. It's not something that we're brought up to kind of feel so comfortable with. And so we do have that sense of pressure, uh, stress. And so we have to get beyond that to let the interviewer know who we really are and what we have to offer and how good it could be if we were on the job. So you've got to get that confidence and comfort in yourself before you get to that point, I guess. So what does success mean to you right now? And how did that change over the years, if it changed at all? Well, um, when I was younger, I really was moving up that ladder. And I was fortunate in that I would be at a company and then something would change and they would come to me and say, you know, we really need you to do this. And I would think, oh my gosh, I don't even know enough about that. And I sometimes I would even admit it and they'd say, oh, don't worry, you'll learn it. So lucky for me, I was able to go into new areas and learn things and be successful. So, but that was all about advancing my career. At this stage in my life, my desires are really different. I want to be of service. I want to stay involved. I want to do things. But I like seeing the impact I have with people that I work with or when I go into a company and do a training program or even teaching languages, which is something that I did earlier in my career. I enjoy being able to do all those things as well as volunteering with St. Vincent de Paul Society, helping people who are underprivileged. And all of that, that variety and that ability to, I guess, make that impact and that value that feels good, and that's enough. I don't need to have that top corporate uh, position. I don't feel a need to prove anything to anyone. I feel comfortable in my skin and who I am and what I'm doing. And so in a way, I think I'm very fortunate to feel that way. 
And yet I have lots of different things, a lot of variety in what I do. So it's all good. <laughs> no complaint. Do you have uh, any advice for those who may consider going a similar path to you to build a consultancy? What do you think you learned from corporate that you could implement in your consultancy and what your advice would be on, on making that shift? I think it's um, important to understand what are the dynamics of any particular business. So whatever business you were in, the skill sets that you develop there be applicable to other industries and other companies. Uh, so it's very important to think beyond the exact company you're in now in terms of the general scheme of things, where would I be able to add value? And then the other thing is to think about the market. What does the market need? So it's very important to research that. So for example, I know that uh, in my area in uh, Pinellas County, which is not far away, there's now a lot of technological companies. And so I often tell candidates, think about that. Uh, do you have the skills that a tech company might be looking for? Very important that I see, oh, the market needs this. Do I have the right skill set to fit that market? Because obviously if I'm going to be a consultant, I better have something that people want to pay to get. It's just a question of economics, I guess you could say. And so you could be preparing for that at any stage in your career. I would embrace any new projects your company gives you instead of thinking, oh, no, they're making me do this. Think, oh, great, I get to learn a new area. Why? Because all of that is going to come in handy later on when maybe you are consulting and looking to help other companies do that exact same thing. How do you take care of yourself? I know you live in sunny Florida. Uh, how do you uh, make sure that you are as energetic as you are? Well, we have a lovely pool, so I can do laps. We have lovely grounds that I can walk around. I have a bicycle and I have two dogs that I take walking. So that makes me exercise <laughs> even without trying. And um, I guess all of that, uh, I've, a fairly good social life, although it's a little difficult now with getting together. But even on where I live, uh, the neighbors uh, get together once a week outside social distancing just to check in with each other as to how we're doing, which is so nice. It's wonderful to have that. Mary Lou, thank you so much uh, for uh, taking this interview and that uh, you're uh, providing us with uh, so many uh, great insights uh, and advice. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to be here with you, Rebecca. Thank you. It was you. a pleasure to have you. <laughs> you're welcome.